you're a kid, let's say your bros have been small heath in Birmingham or you're from Manchester or London and you say, actually, I'd like to be a farmer, you say that to your teacher, they look at you as though you're mad. Not only that, but they wouldn't know how to implement it. And you just got the situation that the people who go into farming tend to be from farming families who then go to the farming agriculture college and there is just no fertilisation going on. Diversity in farming is a huge topic. This month, Farming Can delves into just some of the opportunities young people have to get started within the industry and asks why is it that farming is often considered one of the country's least diverse industries. I'm Hannah Park, livestock reporter at the Farmer's Guardian, and this week I'm joined by Wilfred Emmanuel-Jones, founder of his self-titled The Black Farmer brand, who has recently teamed up with Rittle College to find the new faces for farming. Did you know the School of Sustainable Food and Farming has announced a £50,000 prize pot for farmers who are trying to develop sustainable farming practices? The Journey to Net Zero competition wants to support farmers who are planning to implement a scalable, sustainable farming system or process that will have a positive and measurable impact on how they farm. Grants of between £5,000 and £20,000 are available and you have until the 30th of September to enter online. The competition is being supported by Bradford Estates, Harper Adams University, McDonald's, Morrison's, the NFU, Trinity AgTech and Trinity Global Farm Pioneers. At Morrison's, we set an ambition to be supplied by a net zero British agricultural supply chain by 2030. We are really pleased to support this new competition and look forward to seeing how the winners capture the net zero challenge with creativity and practicality and look forward to following their progress through 2023. To find out more and to enter, visit www.fginsight.com forward slash net zero competition. Entries close on September 30th, 2022. Okay, so welcome Wilfred and thanks so much for joining us today. Um, Really great to have you on. Perhaps we could just start with, for those who may not know you, um, if you could just introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about your background and your business. Oh, hi, everybody. Um, my name is Wilfred Emmanuel Jones, or better known as the Black Farmer. I have a food brand, and um, this brand came about because um, ever since I was a kid, I was actually, well, let me go a bit further back than that. I'm of the Windrush generation, and I came to this country when I was uh, four years old, and we were brought up in small heat in Birmingham, and we were very, very poor. Um, I'm from a family of 11. I want you to try and imagine this. Um, 11 of us living in a two-up, two-down terrace house, three to a bed. It was a pretty awful situation. Now, because we were so poor, my father had an allotment, and it was my responsibility as the oldest boy to look after this allotment. And it's when I then found this allotment, uh, I absolutely loved it. It really became my oasis away from the misery of living in inner city Birmingham. And I can remember that I made myself a promise that one day I would like to own my own farm. It took me some 35 years to get into a position to buy a farm. 
And my farm is on the Devon Cornwall border near a place called Launceston. And the greater scheme of things, it's only 30 plus acres, so it's small. But for me, um, just actually being able to get something like that is a, a big, major um, dream come true. Absolutely fantastic, yeah. Um, and for those who do follow you on social media and, and your brand will know that you're fairly active um, on there. And obviously, if anyone's interested, do go and follow Wilfred on, on socials at The Black Farmer. Is your tag, is that right, Wilfred? That's, that's definitely right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. On social media. So diversity in farming is what we're here to talk about today. Um, so why is it that you have kind of made it your mission to encourage more diversity in farming? Yeah, one of the biggest principles for those of us who are in the farming industry is this. Nature tells us that the key thing in order to have healthy stock or healthy um, food is that you've got to have diversity. So, you know, you don't interbreed with your animals, that you're constantly rotating your crops. And so why is it if nature's telling, telling us that diversity is key? that when you look at our industry, it doesn't have much diversity at all. In fact, of all the industries out there, we have a really, really poor record, and we have to do something about it. And so uh, uh, one has to ask himself, why has this sort of come about? Well, the reality is this. Most people who have land in this country, their land is handed down through to them through the generations because most people just wouldn't have the money to go and buy land. So a lot of people have had land handed down to them. But also, a lot of land is owned by big institutions, be that the Church of England, the National Trust, English Heritage, any great institution that you could think of will own land. And what these institutions do is they get their land agents to, in fact, rent and lease the land out to the traditional farming families. So there's no one doing anything to try and bring any form of diversity and innovation into our industry. And if you're a kid, let's say you're brought up in Small Heath in Birmingham or you're from Manchester or London and you say, actually, I'd like to be a farmer, you say that to your teacher, they look at you as though you're mad. Not only that, but they wouldn't know how to implement it. And you just got the situation that the people who go into farming tend to be from farming families who then go to the farming agriculture college and there is just no fertilization um, going on. And therefore, I just think somebody needs to stand up and say, look, we really need to do something to try and bring about change and innovation. Because one of the things that I find quite fascinating is this. A lot of the foods that people from diverse communities consume um, are imported into this country that can be actually produced and grown in this country. But because there isn't the knowledge or the will, it doesn't get done. That is just one example of by us not actually making the industry more diverse, we're, lock- we're lacking opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you've given us just some example there around kind of land acquisition and how that's a barrier um, for, for those facing those who might want to get into the industry. I wondered if you'd sort of might share any of your any personal experiences or examples that you've heard of of people and, and the barriers that they faced when sort of trying to to, to break into farming or agricultural um, jobs. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's just a question to do with colour. Mm. It's a question about people from non-traditional farming backgrounds. 
if you're from a non-traditional farming background, it's almost impossible to break in. And it's a bit of a closed shop. And therefore, I think that as a society, we need to say, um, we need to understand that and say, right, we need to implement things in to how people can actually um, get the opportunity. So, so I don't want people thinking that, you know, I'm just saying that this is something that um, affects people who are black. I just think it affects a, a lot of people. And it's a challenge. And the challenge is that if you don't have money, you don't stand a chance. I mean, even renting land or renting property in, in the countryside in rural Britain is impossible. Because, again, what tends to happen, like the National Trust owns a lot of land and it owns a lot of properties, but they tend to be rented out to those people in the same communities. And it's, un it's unless these organisations see that they've got to do better for the greater good, that we're not going to move forward. Mm. And so the initiative that we're we're here to talk about and that you've partnered with Rittle College to deliver, um, perhaps you could just tell us a little bit about that, um, the New Faces for Farming uh, initiative, if I'm, if I'm right, just kind of why you've launched it and, and who you're hoping to reach with that. Yeah, so um, I've told you why um, I think it's important to get some new blood into farming. And so mm. this is one of the things I'm doing to try and make a difference. So I've launched in conjunction with Rittle College, um, the new face of farming initiative and the whole idea is to go out to young people between the ages of 16 and 18 the age when people are deciding what sort of career that they want to do and to offer them a taste the weekend opportunity at Rittle College for them to see actually whether some sort of rural land-based profession might suit them and it's it's going to be run over this weekend they don't have to have any qualifications at all all they need to demonstrate is that they've got some interest or a passion for either working with animals or working on, on, on the land and the reason why is because there is just no way that these young people will get the opportunity if they're in a school in um, uh, one of the big urban centres. And um, what I'm hoping is that this initial um, uh, thing will be something that will be run by all of the agricultural colleges around the country, that every year they have as a special taster weekend that is exclusively for um, people from non-traditional farming backgrounds. Mm. And is this a first of its kind uh, initiative? On it, is the first, it's, it is the first of the kind initiative. And I think that um, a lot of people pay lip service to this, but I don't think people have really gone out of their way to attract uh, new blood. And what we need to do as an industry is that I think for far too long we feel that it's the urbanites need to come and to be um, accepting of our way of life. But the truth of the the truth of the matter is this: our survival depends on getting urban Britain on site. They're the ones that determine with the supermarkets, for example what foods they're going to buy, what foods are going to be consumed. And we need to do a lot more to put our hands out to encourage um, urban Britain into um, um, our, our way of life because I think A, it's going to be beneficial um, for us as an industry and it will send out a positive message. Mm. 
Fantastic, yeah. And it, it certainly looks like you know, it's heading in the right direction in terms of changing this stereotype that you've just been talking about. And, and I, as you say, it's, it's reaching, reaching those people and just giving them the opportunity. So how might somebody who's interested in this scheme apply? The scheme now is going to be running from the 31st of March. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, all people need to do is go onto my website, um, and that is um, www.theblackfarmer.com. And there's a big section about the new face of um, new faces of farming, and they just go on there and then apply. That will go directly to Woodrickle um, College, and they're the ones that them and I will go through the applications and decide on who could come along. So there's 20 places. As I said, don't worry about getting to the college. We'll, we'll look after all of that. Just basically explain to us why you want to be given this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And just kind of briefly, what kind of things um, will be on offer? What can people expect from the weekend? Well, what they would expect is, and I'll be there for one, um, really telling people my story, um, inspiring people about how fantastic it is to work and live in in the countryside. They'll have a chance to actually see some of the animals. I think at that time of the year, which is about coming up to lambing, so they'll be able to get involved in that. And really get a chance to see what it's like to be um, at an agricultural land-based college. Mm-hmm. No, brilliant. And just, yeah, just getting that experience and, and, and maybe just making some contacts and some, and, you know, other people in similar positions and obviously meeting yourself um, as, a, as a great example of, of what can be achieved, um, you know, when you're, when you're passionate about something. Yeah. I also spoke to Liz Tree, who, after growing up in Croydon, South London, is well on her way to carving herself a career in farming, despite saying that many of her teachers thought she was mad after announcing that this was her chosen career path. Hi Liz, welcome along to the Over the Farm Gate podcast. Thank you very much for making the time to speak to us today. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. So as we are here to talk about... um, uh, diversity in farming, which is what we've um, focused on this farming can issue. Um, just thought it'd be really great to chat a little bit to you and hear your story and your journey into farming, um, which is just a great example of how um, not coming from a farming background doesn't have to be a barrier um, to doing so, but also just some of the challenges you faced and how you've overcome those and some of the support that you've um, that you've had on the, along the way. Um, so, great. If you just want to start with um, just a little bit about yourself, Liz, just where, where you're from and a little bit about your background. Yeah, sure. So, um, I was born in London, Croydon, South London, uh, and grew up in South London um, with no sort of family links to farming or anything at all, really. Um, I quite like to say that I fell into farming. I had a bit of a chance encounter when I was about 13. Um, on holiday in Wales, in the Brecon Beacons, and I was a little bit bored as sort of a, a city kid, I guess, um, out in the countryside, <laughs> and ended up wandering down to the local farm, um, and he was lambing, and I sort of asked if I could help out, and that was my first experience of of being on a farm, really, and sort of experiencing what it's all about, and obviously I started with very basic sort of husbandry work, um, and slowly built up a relationship with the same farmer, um, ended up going back to the same farm for the past goodness knows how many years probably nearly 10 years now um and we're still in touch and he was sort of really encouraging and 
very sort of, you know, for sort of, I guess, an older farmer, he was very on it and sort of really, yeah, trying to show me everything and teach me everything and really, really helpful. So he was, yeah, probably sort of my first experience of farming was that. Mm. Um, And then I managed to find a farmer reasonably close to Croydon who um, sort of taught me how to drive a tractor and do sort of basic stuff like that. And he'd gone to Harper, um, studied at Harper. So he recommended I look at the degree courses there. So I ended up doing a BSc at Harper um, in agriculture, just straight agriculture. Um, And then from there, I did did my placement year with Avara Foods, working in poultry. I've had a bit of experience working with pigs. I had a weekend job on a B&B pig unit. Um, I did a summer working with fresh produce. I kept up with the sheep things. So I've done quite a wide variety of things since then, really. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I sort of fell into agriculture um, with, yeah, a reasonably sceptical family and teachers and everyone in my life. But I've I've really, really enjoyed my journey so far. Mm. And your um, family, are there any ties to farming in that respect? And you just did just mention there your teachers. Was there any um, kind of direction towards a career in agriculture at school? No, not at all, to be honest. It was never really presented as something that we could do. Mm. Um, you know, in the curriculum we had, I don't remember anything really to do with farming or food production or anything like that. Um, and then, yeah, I had no family farming connections. I mean, my grandmother years and years ago was a, a veterinary nurse. Mm. So she was quite involved with animals, which is probably where I get my animal side from. But no direct family in agriculture or even living in the countryside, really. So um, yeah, quite highly unusual for me to kind of take the take the path that I did. And I know that in school and sixth form, the teachers, some of the teachers were a bit sceptical as to why someone from the city who gets reasonably good grades would want to go and study agriculture. But I did. It's what I decided I wanted to do. So I sort of found a way to make it happen. Mm. And do you think it was the the sort of chance encounter, if you could call it that, when you were um, when you were in the Brecon Beacons as, as a youngster, that kind of spurred you into it was that the sort of first area that that got you interested in the sector yeah absolutely that's definitely how it all started because that sort of broadened my my mindset a little bit broadened Mm. my horizons and made me think actually this is something that I could do Mm. um yeah I just never really considered working in sort of rural industries before it's just really not something that's presented to you when you're growing up in a town or a city Mm. Yeah, and um, in terms of uh, the kind of work that you've done since then, you mentioned there about sort of working on the farm in a kind of practical sense and learning uh, a lot of the skills involved. Has there been, or is there, you know, other routes that you that have you sort of come to as you've got more involved? Would you say that the sort of diverse range of opportunities other than the sort of first thing that people think of, which is just sort of manual labour? Oh, yeah, definitely. There's so, so many different things that you can do. I, I think even when I was starting my, my BSc at Harper, I had no real idea of where I could go within the industry. But it's just there's just so, so many opportunities. You don't just have to be, you know, a tractor driver or a spray operator or a stockman or something like that. You can literally do anything, go anywhere with it. You can travel the world. There's, you know, working for feed companies or working for sort of marketing, agricultural marketing, things like that. Like there's such a diverse range of things you can do. And I think it's a really exciting industry because there's so much change going on. And although change is hard, that means that there's opportunities. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot more, a lot more going on than just the traditional 
you know, people think of a one-man band in the countryside, you know, mm. quite a lonely profession. But I don't think it necessarily has to be that. Mm-hmm. And kind of, do you think that, that farming kind of needs to be more accessible, especially for those from a non-farming background? And do, in terms of any challenges that you faced, are there any particularly that you can think of that um, that you've had to overcome um, to sort of break into the industry? I think the hardest one for me was probably just finding the the links and the contacts in the first place, finding mm-hmm. people who were willing to take the time to explain things right from sort of the most basic parts of farming, let's say. Um, yeah, people who people who you can feel like you can ask stupid questions to mm. and not feel like you're you're stupid, if that makes sense. So yeah, the hardest bit was probably just just finding those people in the first place. But I think I've sort of managed to cultivate a reasonable, reasonably large group of people who I can kind of call on and ask how things work and and things like that. But yeah, it's it's definitely very difficult just to find the experience in the first place i think once you get your first experience and someone takes a chance on you then that kind of opens other doors because the farming community isn't huge um so once you know that first person really they know other people to to sort of point you towards so i guess that's kind of how i managed it but yeah definitely getting those first experiences was was the hardest part i would say Mm. and for someone if you were speaking to someone um like yourself uh sort of five years ago what sort of tips would you give them to gaining those contacts or just finding finding people who are willing to to teach and and talk to you i would say just take absolutely every opportunity you can Mm. um yeah whether that's you know i guess it depends on if you're living in a rural area or or an urban area go and knock on doors just go and chat with people see if you can go down the pub and just talk with people um yeah just just put yourself out there really I mm. guess would be my, my biggest piece of advice. Any opportunity you get, just try and grab it with both hands and make it happen. Mm. Mm. There are definitely people out there who are willing to, to teach you things and show you and, you know, so many people with so much passion about food production and agriculture. It's just a question of sort of getting yourself in front of them. Yeah, yeah, which isn't always easy, is it? But it, I think it's, it's, yeah, like you say, just, just putting yourself out there and, and being, being seen, I guess. Yeah, and I think with the rise of social media, in a yeah. lot of ways, that's probably getting easier mm. um, because there's plenty of, you know, quite well-known personalities on Instagram, let's say. You know, if you're interested in farming, I'd say maybe that would be a good place to start. Find someone that's, you know, near you that you can see doing farming activities, drop them a message and just see what they say, if they've got any links or contacts and things like that. Mm. I didn't really do that when I started my journey. I'm not the biggest social media person. Um but looking back on it now, that probably would have been quite helpful for me. Mm-hmm. And um, in terms of where you are now, um, I think I'm right in thinking that you're about to embark on a master's um, degree. Yeah. So um, just tell us a little bit about that and, and what will you be, what will be so, sort of your project? So I'm doing a master's of research at Harper again um, and I'm working with Farms for City Children, um, which is a charity. It was originally set up by Michael Morpurgo and their aim is to bring city children out onto farms into the countryside for a week at a time just to teach them about agriculture and farming and giving them an opportunity to just experience sort of a rural a rural way of life Mm. um so my work will be evaluating what they're currently doing um and sort of yeah 
telling them what what's going well, what might need changing slightly, and yeah, just studying what they're doing and seeing how how that's helping the young people that they're mm. working with. Mm. And is that kind of a main motivator for you um, in terms of just teaching people about about where their com- food comes from? I guess um, with your sort of urban uh, upbringing, sort of people's awareness of, of of where the food comes from might not be so much as it is yeah. the people of the country mm. is that something that you're sort of hoping to to change a bit yeah definitely there's definitely a huge gap between sort of the general public let's say and food and the journey mm. the journey that food goes on to come and come on your plate um yeah it's, it's definitely something really really close to my heart i'm so excited to start this research just because it's just so similar to my kind of story um and i think it's time and time again people in agriculture say oh it's all to do with education education is the key we must be teaching the general public better teaching our children better but i think a lot of the time people aren't actually doing things proactively to to make a difference so hopefully doing this research it's if you're able if i'm able to actually prove the benefits that are being exhibited then you'll have a better better ground to stand on to kind of make actual wider change yeah it certainly sounds really exciting and um just finally i I know you've been involved uh, in the prince's countryside fund um yeah during your uh bsc degree how how does that fit in um so i was part of a roundtable discussion uh to do with getting young people into agriculture and sort of the barriers faced um, and then from that, I ended up talking at Groundswell show, agricultural show, um, sort of feedbacking the uh, sort of conclusion of that research, really. Um, so that's how I sort of first got involved in, in that. Um, again, that sort of happened by chance, really. That was just an email that got sent around at uni and I ended up getting involved. But that was an absolutely amazing experience. And I definitely plan on uh, keeping up those links mm. as I go through my career. Yeah, yeah, and just um, attending sort of such events is is probably just a really great way to to create contacts and and yeah. you know just just broaden broaden horizons for the future, I guess. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was the first time I'd ever done any kind of public speaking, mm. and I was terrified, but ended up actually really really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, it's quite often the way, isn't it? Something which seems so daunting is is such a great experience in the end. Yeah. And I'd attended Groundswell the year before as well as just a, an attendee. So it was really, really nice to come back and, you know, feel a bit special and be able to get up on stage and, and just talk to people, really. Mm. And just um, finally, kind of longer term, is there a particular um, job or career path that you're um, you're looking at or that really excites you or are you quite sort of open-minded at, at the moment? To be honest, I'm quite open-minded. I've got no real set path. Um, I don't think I'd ever really intended on on doing more education after my BSc and I've now found myself doing this master's and I'm so excited for it. So I'm definitely very open-minded. I think agricultural education is something very close to my heart. I guess I could potentially see myself doing something like that or kind of outreach programs, but I don't really have a set career path in my head yet. I'm kind of just going to see see where my life goes mm. I think that's yeah really really exciting and and who knows sort of what opportunities are around the corner something something really exciting probably will come up so I think uh, yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed. yeah sounds like sounds like a great uh, great place to be anyway 
And that's all for this week's Over the Farm Gate. Feel free to share this episode on social media if you enjoyed it. And don't forget to pick up a copy of this week's Farmer's Guardian where you can find the full Farming Can Be a Diverse Place to Work spread. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.